Hello, I'm Taj, digitally known as Tropic Vibes, the host of Nifty Business, where we highlight NFTs and explore Web 3.0 as we move from pure speculation to creating real-world value. I was in college when Web 2 really took off. Everyone was writing blogs. That's when MySpace, Facebook, and all these other social media platforms started to come out. And at that time, it was really just a playground. A lot of people were seeing it as the young people just having fun on the internet. However, at this point in time, it's almost indisputable that every business needs to create content of some kind. It took many of the larger corporations years or even a decade to finally come onto social media or start to regularly create. However, now at this point, all the big brands are doing it, but the smaller businesses are sort of on the fence. And as far as Web 2 goes, everyone knows creating content leads to business. However, going into Web 3, that is still no different. Going forward, all of this stuff just converges as one. Internet, business, it all comes together. So what a lot of businesses found during the last few years, if you build your entire pipeline on one platform, that could be turned off. Whether that is being censored by Google, Facebook, YouTube, whoever it might be, it could be shut off. And even if you're running TV ads, you could be banned from the stations. You could be quote unquote canceled, whatever it might be. And it's a very dangerous thing to have that central power. So today we're going to discuss the centralized content and why it matters. And of course, it's pros and cons. Now, not to go down some crazy rabbit hole, but as far as why it matters, do you remember reading the book 1984? And if you haven't, that's okay, because although it was assigned to me in high school, I didn't appreciate it at the time. I read the cliff notes, I saw the movie, and that's what I wrote my report on. However, it is something I should revisit because I've been revisiting a lot of those high school classics that we were supposed to read, and now I'm finding the value in it because at the time, I wasn't a huge fan of all that stuff, but now I'm a big reader, love that stuff, and I definitely appreciate it. Even reached out to my high school English teacher, but that is a story for myself. The book 1984, there were a lot of things that were discussed as far as a tyrannical government, what have you. But the main thing that I want to focus on this for this is they had this thing called the Ministry of Truth, which basically censored everything, gave that narrative, that story to the people. And that is what can happen with a central platform for content. Now, I'm not just speaking about governments running state-run media and all of those things. However, what I mean is, let's say... The platforms such as Facebook, YouTube, Google, all those things, Twitter, don't agree with whatever statement or content that you're putting out. This might not even be something controversial. However, it just might be something that's not in the best interest of that particular platform. Because remember, these are free platforms. They're making their money because of advertising dollars. And if you do anything that really detriments that, they have a financial incentive or motive to silence you. And this could be very dangerous in the sense that, again, if your business is built upon this, this funnel, this pipeline of attracting new people and engaging with an audience is solely based on that. It could be very dangerous. And we're seeing a lot of that even in this whole Web3 space, these NFT projects, DAOs, cryptocurrencies, and multiple platforms that are built in this whole Web3 space. We're still meeting, we're gathering, we're funneling through Twitter and then going out to whatever channels it is. So just imagine if Twitter just decides, you know what, we don't like Web3 anymore, we could turn that off. Could be very dangerous. But any business or anyone that is trying to create content in order to appease the algorithm or just keep on the platform has to take all of these things into consideration. It might not even be offending the government, like I said. It could just be the financial motive for that particular platform. So all sorts of things go into it. However, with decentralized content, 
that is not really an issue. We even think of, let's say, the music industry, right? We're seeing a lot of Web3 music start to pop up. There is no central record label. There is no cookie cutter approach or anything of that nature. Artists can truly just express themselves, do exactly what they want, create the music that they want, go straight to the people through the blockchain. And that is just a beautiful thing. However, that is not the only form of content. There is writing. There is the social media that we're seeing and all those different things. People are talking about building social media that is decentralized. There is even a decentralized version of YouTube, or at least it's trying to be, which is Theta. And they're trying to address all of those problems, that there is no central figure that can turn off the voice. And we like to say that podcasting is the open voice that is the least censored platform and you could do and say whatever you want. However, keep in mind that the server or the particular company where this stuff is being hosted, let's say they are offended by whatever content I'm putting out. You know what? I don't like Web3. Therefore, I'm going to ban nifty business from publishing more episodes. That is a possibility. Granted, I don't think there has been a precedent of that. I don't think anyone has done that. But just because it has never happened before doesn't mean it can't happen because we are renting space on their servers. Even if we aren't limited by the major platforms and we can just go straight to our listeners, it is hosted somewhere. So with decentralized information, just as like these JPEGs and all these things that are being stored on servers all over the place and platforms such as IPFS, which stands for Interplanetary File System. This information is scattered all across multiple servers, computers, all over the place, and it's sent to the end user in little digestible pieces. It's just scattered all over the internet. And then when someone wants to see that particular file, that image, whatever it might be, it comes in in little pieces from all over the place. And that is what decentralized content is. However, it is extremely difficult with large files such as a podcast episode or a video episode. However, things like that are important for the future, even blogs and newspapers and things like that. Just think about it. If whatever reason those things are censored and shut down, having the ability to have everything scattered across a distributed network decentralized is very important to get that message out, to get that content out and not be solely dependent on whatever gatekeeper is hosting that content. And that's no different than all the freedoms and things that we see in cryptocurrencies and NFTs. Content is the same way. So a lot of times when we're speaking about these NFTs and all this stuff that in Web3, we don't necessarily think of a newspaper article or a blog article or a research paper as needing this technology. However, it really doesn't matter what type of content it is. It could definitely benefit from decentralization and this whole Web3 model. And going back to podcasts for a second, how exactly would that work? Well, in the sense of right now, the current model is I host my podcast with a company. It's called a podcast host. I pay a monthly fee to store the files. When you go to whatever platform that you're listening to, Apple, Spotify, Amazon, wherever it might be, you're actually getting those files through something called an RSS feed, which just simply means that it is a text file that has a list of where all of this information is stored and allows you to retrieve that at your leisure and sort through what you want to listen to and download. It is really not hosted with Amazon, Google, or wherever you're listening to this, those things are just pulling the information, pulling the feed. Sort of like when you're getting information from a blockchain, it's not really stored on your computer or your phone or wherever it might be. It's just pulling that information down from the network. Now, we love to say that this is absolutely the best and that's why we can't be shut down. However, as I explained earlier, that company that I'm hosting with has that power. So even if one player bans me, Another player can access that feed, but what if that feed altogether is shut down? That could be a problem. So in a truly decentralized podcast or a Web3 version of the podcast, 
These episodes would be like NFTs. Basically, the information would be stored and scattered across that same network, just as I explained with the images. And do you remember back in the day trying to download music from Napster or Kazaa, LimeWire, BearShare, or any of those platforms? Well, if you don't, great, because it was not legal. But let's just say I know people that have done it. (laughs) And let's just say you know people that have also done it. When those files were downloaded, you'd see multiple levels. You'd click on that particular song or video or whatever that is that you're downloading, whatever file it is, and you might see that it's being downloaded from six, seven, eight, nine, ten people all at once. Little pieces, and the whole file is not coming from any one location. It's just downloading everything all together. And then somehow your computer, the software, it just puts it all together, and you have the final song or whatever it is that you're downloading. It's pretty amazing. Well, if a podcast was truly decentralized, that's basically what it would be. So if anyone's listening to this, has an idea, wants to start a truly decentralized podcast network, well, that's how it would be done. Basically, the people would be getting the NFT, which would be the address for where all of these episodes and things are stored, and then locally on their phone, their device, whatever they're listening to through, they would just pull in that information, download it, and play it. Now, that all sounds fine and dandy. So why doesn't someone do this? Well, it is extremely difficult. The problem that we're having with decentralization right now is that it is very inefficient. There's a lot of redundancies. It takes a lot of computing power. It is slow in many cases. And as we know, most people that listen to podcasts, information such as this, they want it very quickly. They don't want to wait hours to download it. I remember back in the day, if someone wanted to listen to a particular file, they would download it overnight, go to sleep and wake up and hope that it was downloaded. Well, this is a different day and age. If something doesn't download in 10, 15 seconds, it's like the end of the world now. But not to mention the listening experience also would be very difficult because even look at it right now. If you have any NFT music, it is very hard to actually play them into some sort of extended session. As I mean, like you say you're listening from one song to the next to create a playlist. That's basically what I'm trying to say. There really is no way to create an efficient playlist right now. There are several developers that are working on different things, trying to make this a seamless application and bridging web two and apps and all of that thing. And to be able to somehow systematize it and, and put that information together. But even think of just showing off your NFTs. If you have your NFTs on different blockchains and in different places, Some of them are images, some of them are videos, some of them are domain names. It could be very difficult. So the beauty of decentralization and everything being scattered, digital ownership and all of that stuff is that there's a lot of freedom. But because of that, there are very little standards and nothing is really uniform. And all these redundancies and grabbing information from all over the place, it takes a lot of computing power. So it's not really the best user experience. So those are all the things that we're facing right now. However, going forward, I expect to see the social media and the huge content hubs that we're seeing today as being a thing of the past. That's not just saying, oh, bring down Facebook and all that stuff. No, I think Facebook and those huge platforms will also be in favor of this model because as we're seeing recently right now, Those big platforms are coming under a lot of fire based on the content that is being put up. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all of them are being blamed for promoting certain kinds of behavior, instigating violence, creating hateful platforms and all sorts of other things. And they want nothing to do with it. All they want to do is sell ads and make their money. So when Congress is talking about regulating them, taxing them, fining them for all sorts of things, that scares them away. So I think they would even be in favor for this decentralized model and what have you, so they could kind of wash their hands of it and be clear. 
However, they have to figure out how to monetize it. And I truly believe that's what Facebook is doing behind the scenes. This whole thing with changing their name to Meta, embracing Web3 and all of this. I don't think it's just for clicks and a huge gimmick. I think they're really trying to go in that model and embracing it. But of course, we know they have a history of questionable behavior. So the Web3 community really hasn't embraced all of that. But going forward, this is what I'm really expecting to see for a lot of content. And businesses should really embrace this stuff. Just get familiar with all of this because just like those businesses that did not embrace creating content back in 2010 or so, they were left behind. And I truly believe the businesses that understand not only creating content, but getting a grasp of decentralization, digital ownership and sovereignty and all of these concepts will set themselves up for the future. And the beautiful thing about this is this community is so small right now. So the people that are in here that are dabbling with this stuff, that are experimenting with everything are literally miles ahead of the masses. So what are your thoughts about all of this? I hope you see the value in this discussion and throwing these thoughts around. And if you're enjoying this content, feel free to rate and review it on those centralized platforms such as Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you're listening to. And I want you to know that I absolutely appreciate the time that you take to listen to this as we're learning and building Web3 together. So until next time, later. The Nifty Business Show is not investment advice. It provides insights and information within the space. As with anything, please do your own research before making a decision whether you're making an investment or a purchase.